What's going on today, everybody? Patrick Ali, the mortgage guy, coming at you here with Live on Real Estate, another episode of the best darn 12 to 15 to 20 minutes. We've pushed the time too much in the mortgage history in the world. Uh, today, I'm pretty excited. I'm joined, obviously, by CP. We we know him, and we drag him in here every week. So Every week. Hello, he hello. <laughs> and today, we're joined by um, a new friend of mine, a new friend of ours, a good, good, incredible realtor from the conversations that we've had, Josh Hebner of KW Somerset, actually right behind our building here. So how are yeah. you doing? Doing great. Thank it's you good. guys for having me. It's great to be here. No yeah. problem. Josh and I had a great time. Uh, so Henry, Josh, and then is it Lath, right? Yep. I just want to remember. Lath, we all went to the uh, Lions game, and we were all very disappointed yeah, by the well, end of that Lions game last uh, Sunday. <laughs> to be expected. <laughs> to, be ex- to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so how are you doing, man? Doing great, doing That's great, good. and getting used to this weather change, and yeah, you know, getting geared up to go for next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. And primarily, this you know, you're you're in this area, so you you stay in the you know Birmingham, Bloomfield, Rochester, Troy, Madison Heights. That's where you're from, obviously, correct? Yep, grew up in Troy. Um, okay. Now reside in Madison Heights. Nice. Um, know both those areas really well, and everywhere in between. Yeah, yeah. And do you do you find yourself primarily doing you know listings? Are you a buyer's agent? Do you like to kind of mix between both? Yeah, so I definitely mix between both. Um, what I really like to help is first time home buyers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of the education process, mm-hmm. which is big part of the reason I started doing this is to yeah. educate people on the process of getting into a home and what to look for, what to avoid. And it's super important too. I mean, for us, especially, you know, when we're looking to pre-approve somebody, I think it's, we're huge on number one, the communication and follow-up for especially a first time home buyer, because you get a lot of younger people um, that are looking to buy homes and they just don't know anything outside of what mom and dad or grandma and grandpa did. You know, so, you know, when we look at first time home buyers, the education piece or the educational piece that goes along with it is literally starting at square one. You know, so do you find yourself or maybe this is a question for you, CP, you know, to kind of kick us off. Do you find yourself more or less given like the mortgage 101 or do you, you know, kind of answer the questions as they come? I think that. It depends on the person, but I think more often than not, you're going to position yourself more as a person who has a lot of knowledge when you kind of say, look, you know, take a little bit of the control and say, you know, let me explain what I think is, is you know, what, what this process is going to look like for you, how I do things, how I like to educate my clients. And then obviously at any point as we're talking, I certainly want to know your questions and, you know, we're going to tailor things to your individual situation. But first, let me give you the overview. Yeah, and, uh, and Josh, you'd probably kind of tend to agree. Yeah, definitely yeah. agree. I mean, definitely tailored to you know, right, the personality of the person, but making sure they know what's going to happen from A to Z, and that there's no surprises at M or N. Do you do you find yourself a lot, and that's a, that's actually bringing you to a good point. Do you find yourself a lot kind of competing with mom and dad on what what their experience was versus what you know the potential? Because there's so many changes. Oh, yeah. I think you know versus when. It, you know, my parents bought or even, you know, anybody, even when I purchased a home, I bought a home five years ago, there's a ton of difference between now and then. So do you find yourself competing quite a bit? Um, I, I think it's best to have that conversation up front right. with the parents so that you're not, you know, at the final walkthrough or the inspection with the parents <laughs> yeah. and, and they come in, they find the one crack in the drywall and, you know, they didn't see the other 10 yeah. houses without drywall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you, are you prepping, you know, I'm obviously having the conversation, but are you prepping them for things that might come up as like, Hey, you know, cause I, I almost, I hate to say it like this, but when I go to the mechanic, cause I don't know a lot about cars, but my dad knows a lot about cars. 
So like the mechanic will almost tell me like, here, this is what we're going to do, A, B, C, and D. And then he tells my dad, he's like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to change the air filter or whatever. I don't know. We're just going to do something to this car. And my dad completely gets it. And I don't. So do you find yourself doing that? Like, you know, to the, for the, the first time home buyer, we're going to do A, B, and C. But if mom and dad are there, like, Hey, this is what, you know, this is in essence what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. You know, tailoring it to the relationship between yeah. you know, every kid and parent have a different relationship. As right, well. right, so right. Right. Figuring out what their relationship is and, you know, how much they know and making sure or everyone's involved, on the same page. And yeah. how involved they're going to be. When yep. So as you've, you know, because you've done this for a while and it, it sounds like you've sort of gravitated your business towards the first time home buyer. Was that a strategic, like, I'm going to do this on purpose, I'm going to market this way, or is it more that you just enjoyed the first time home buyer? How did that all come about? So a lot of it, you know, I enjoy the education process. Mm-hmm. Another part of it is that's, you know, my friends and you know, right. a right. lot of the people You're I the know, gotcha. right now buying houses. Um, are the first time home buyers. So okay. okay. Is there something specific? That you try to do, you know, as far as marketing yourself, or is it more of a word of mouth thing, or like what tactical things can a realtor do to go after first time homebuyer business? Just doing a great job with that customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if you do a good job for that buyer or seller, right. they're going to tell everyone about you. So right. just making sure you do a good job. Okay. That's gonna word of mouth referrals. Yeah. Yep. Well, I look at it as even so, uh, so much as, you know, when I was in high school. Everybody was kind of in their own group, right? You know what I mean? So it kind of looked at Which group were you in? I was kind of all over, actually. Uh, I was like an athlete, but I also was in drama, and I was... So I was I was pretty cool. Okay. Like, I, okay. Well, most people probably comment on this say I wasn't cool, but I was. I was cool. So you kind of have... You kind of <laughs> put yourself into, into the little groups and stuff like that. So with that said, um, you know, when I look at a first-time home buyer, I look at, you know... Um, not only educating, but doing business with them. I always look at, okay, who potentially in their group are they going to reach out to? D Hall, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing? I'm I'm doing phenomenal. Doing Thanks for podcast. Uh, yeah. Love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always look at, you know, who potentially are they going to reach out to, or who are they going to tell about me? And a lot of that you find is from your same, you know, group uh, or that person's group that they've grown up with their entire life. So it kind of, you know, the referral almost becomes. I'm just going to write loans for all the jocks and all the drama kids and all the whatever, you you know, however you want to, I guess, spin that. Yep. And then so. it's finding the crossover people. Right. Like you. That, like me. That know the drama, See, the I'm jocks. A, and you right. know. CP, I'm right. a crossover person. I like it. Um, so, you know, and do you find, you know, especially now, um, do you find that technology plays a even bigger factor than before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't around when there was, you know, books that you had to go office mm-hmm. to office. Right. Um, but it definitely became to the point where, I'll be honest, sometimes my buyers know about a house before I do. Right. Um, but it's the back end of getting from finding the house to the closing table. Right. Where I find the most advantage to working with people. Right. Well, what I love about that, too, is, you know, we've talked before about CRMs and the power of, you know, scheduling out your days right. and right. being able to continue to follow up with clients. But one of the biggest pieces of technology I don't, I don't think we talk enough about is um the profile setup so you know josh and i right now we have somebody that we're working on their their it's actually a condo conversion but they might look in the market and whatever and they said hey they got he's got me all set up you know to for a search and i asked him i just said what does that mean to you like what does that search mean i asked you know our Mm -hmm. our client um and they said you know he got me on the system where it's kind of like you know broken down the other condos that are in our price range that are what we want what we're looking for I think it's a huge piece of technology that we don't talk about enough that's, you know, utilized across the board for you guys, for us, 
um, that really, really benefit first time home buyers, you know, second time, it doesn't matter. It's just helping you to tailor what your necessity is. Yeah, we definitely have some powerful tools yeah. through the MLS that I can break down exactly what you're looking for. If you're mm. a busy buyer and don't have time to be searching, you know, all the other apps and things like that, I can make it so you know what happens and when that house hits the market. Right. right. I've got a question on that. So, yeah. Because we talk to a lot of, we obviously we talk to a lot of buyers too. Right. Mm-hmm. And can a realtor be better or worse at the setting up a search function? Meaning how specific can you get? And because I feel like some buyers I talk to, they say, God, you know, I'm, I'm just getting flooded. My agent just sent me, you know, tons of stuff and they're sending me stuff that does not fit my criteria. And I don't, you know, it's really kind of turning me off. Whereas others seem to just love it. And I'm wondering from a realtor's perspective, can you really fine tune the dials to the point where you're only sending them exactly what you want? Or maybe are this is the search criteria not that specific? Yeah, so it can be that specific. And that's when a, can. a okay. good consultation at the beginning comes into play. I can even find, you know, if you're looking for a first floor master with hardwood floors, a pool and a fenced yard, we can narrow that down for you. Wow. Okay, okay. good. That's Very good. good. And there was a so there was an article that came out um, not too long ago that was talking about buying versus renting. And we've talked we talk about this a lot to right. the majority of our clients and a lot of times, you know, going back to buyer education of what exactly needs to be talked about and what we find more and more is that, you know, if you're spending 1200 bucks a month in rent, so for anybody out there that's spending any any type of rent, you can virtually get a home and start building equity in something for the same amount of money that you're uh, you're paying in rent monthly. I mean, it's just it's almost I, I look at it as like you're wasting money mm-hmm. by renting. Now, granted, there's a necessity for down payment and stuff like that, but there's other ways that you can be protected. So, how are you talking to people about that? I, I think there's a lot of education of yeah. just breaking down. You know, you're throwing away what is that almost eight sixteen thousand dollars right, a year, right? And you know, you could be building that equity, and, and you know, in three years when you know you maybe get married, have kids, right? Get relocated, you can sell that house and keep some money in your pocket and not throw away $16,000 a year. Right, right. And and I think it's I think it's good all around. I think that um, letting people know uh, the differences, especially between buying versus renting, you know, whether it's long-term, it's short-term. Um, and, you know, CP has even said this on previous podcasts, is that I think a lot of people assume that home buying is kind of, you know, keeping you there. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are kind of nomad lifestyles now where they like to travel a bit and they, you know, they look at, buying a home as you're grounded now. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that that's something that kind of has to be, and a lot of people talk about it, um, but I don't think a lot of people go any further than, you know, if you're paying 1200 bucks a month, you can afford a $170,000 house. Understand there's pieces of the puzzle still that's added in there, but the reality is, is you can own something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think so. that was a bigger conversation when the job market here wasn't so strong. Right. A lot of people graduated from college. They weren't so sure. Now I think there's more jobs here, mm-hmm. and a lot more people are not the nomad lifestyle anymore. Right. So I think we're seeing a shift in that in this area. Right. Right. And that, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question, and that kind of it's a great question and a great leading point when you talk about a shift in the market. We are starting to feel a little change. I feel mm-hmm. like, right? Can you kind of mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts? What are, where are we headed? So. The last you know year, two years, we've been in a pretty strong seller's market where we had about right. two to two and a half months of inventory on the market at any given time. So you know, that's pretty strong. Anything under three months, we consider a strong seller's market. We're starting to get to about four, four and a half months, which is right. looking like a neutral market, which isn't a bad thing. 
you know, for the buyers out there this summer that were getting beat out by, you know, $20,000, $30,000 over appraised value, right. you're not going to have so much competition and you're going to have more inventory to look at this right. year. Well, in, in, in the right now, I mean, because we, we have these conversations as well. I'm not looking to buy until spring. I'm not looking to buy until next summer because a lot of people don't want their kids in school when they're, you know, if they're thinking about moving out of district, they want to kind of strategically plan out that stuff. Um, but to that point is that, you know, on the surface, it looks like business is really, really booming and really good. But, you know, to us, we're retaining a lot of pre-approvals, right. you know, and a lot of those people are going to flip here in the springtime or, you know, after tax season and, you know, in the summertime. But the reality is, is it, the market is kind of slowing down right now. Um, but I think that that's going to create kind of what we saw last summer is going to start creating that even sooner as we get into spring and a little bit into the beginning of this summer, this coming summer of 2019. Yeah. So what what are you, what are kind of your thoughts on 2019 overall? I think it's going to be interesting to see what uh, mortgage rates do. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to play a big factor on on which way we see the market going, whether you know we see a little bit dip or we yeah. see it, it rising. I think there may be a, a small dip in sales prices with mortgage rates going up. Um, a lot of first time home buyers are getting worried because um, they are used to three to four percent mortgage rates. And now we're getting up closer to the five. Yeah. I think there may be some concern about the buyers, um, but it's, it's not giving me anything crazy. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, we're not going to see the 15, 10, 15% inflation that we saw in prices over the last year. Okay. Got it. And, and you know, I, I will say this. Um, I think that it's it's going to be kind of a, an odd time uh, in 2019 because, you know, as we know, Zillow obviously works in real estate and, uh, has been, you know, kind of moving the real estate market. Now they're, we found out they're moving into mortgages. Now they're going to do mortgages. So, you know, and <laughs> CP's <laughs> shaking his head right now. I found out this morning, too, that they'll be a broker as well, real estate broker, right? Yeah, they're playing around with getting their uh, their mortgage or the real estate license in a couple states. That's I think uh, Nevada's one of them right now. They're trying it out. They're trying to iBuyer program. Yeah. Where they yeah. buy your house sight unseen for, I don't know, 10% less than what it's worth. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Costco does mortgages too. Did you know that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Pretty much what I equate. If you, well, if to. you're if you're a card holder, if yeah. you're a member of Costco, they do more. They do right. mortgages. So Zillow entering the space concerns yeah. me about as much as Costco being in the space. But why? That's that's my question. Is what or, is it or about? Or Speedway for that matter. While you get gas, maybe you can apply and get a loan. <laughs> I mean, you for know, a credit card right. and for a loan. Right. But why does it why does it concern us so much? Because here's the thing that here's my opinion on it, and this is where we'll probably differ. Um, is that I think that the the average consumer is intelligent enough to understand that technology does not necessarily run our world, our world, the mortgage world or the real estate world. That that still takes a human being to do a home. Now you're going to have some of those. Well, you know, to to say it, Rocket Mortgage came out to the very very well A one, uh, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar plus buyer that can do everything by themselves. Yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, let's face it, let's call it what it is. It's a lead generation source. You're going to still talk to a banker. Right. You know what I mean? You're still going to have a conversation with a human being, and there's still people that are involved. So you're not really eliminating the human element by saying, okay, well, we're going automated with mortgages. It's now kind of how I look at Zillow is it's, you still need a human being behind what's going on. So it's still going to be up to whether it's human error or uh, I just look at us as back to the education piece, again, it comes down to having your buyer understand um, the full spectrum of their financial profile. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about Zillow, Zillow is a lead generation system now. Right. I mean, that's really what it what it boils down to. So, you know, I get it from their perspective, right? They're going to say, instead of us just generating all these leads for every single realtor and mortgage guy out there, why don't we just generate them for ourselves? But the model can't be that they're only going to service themselves. They would right. run themselves right out of business and right. they're not going to do that. So they're going to service everybody else and also take some of the leads themselves. So essentially all they are is one more player that enters the word, right. you know, enters enters the game and you know, I, to me I'm like I said I'm not I'm not overly impressed with their service to begin with. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I- I think they're kind of grasping at straws right now. I yeah. mean, they have all the eyeballs, but they're losing money. Right. Right. And I think that's a big reason on why they're trying to get into mortgages and real estate because they they know you know data distribution. That's what right. they're really good at. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah, and, it, and it makes and it makes sense. But I, I just look at it as you know one. You're exactly right. It's one more player, and I look at it the same as I look at a U scan at like Myers. You know, it's just taking the hum, trying to take the eliminate the human element. But at the same time, you know that as soon as you need, uh, you know, you need a check lane service, it's going to take you 15 minutes for a manager to get up there. It's kind of the same. I look at it in the same respect. Right. You know. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, this is this was awesome. This actually, we're right on time to get you out of here. You got some important stuff you got going on today. Yeah. Um, before we go, anybody out there that's looking to buy, sell, educate, mom and dad, if you have a kid that's looking to buy, call this guy up. Or if you're looking to buy or sell your house, call this guy. Give us all your contact info so we can get a hold of you. Yeah, so you can reach me. Uh, my website's joshhepner.com. Uh, cell phone, 248-635-8178. All right, great. All right. Well, Josh, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us. Thank you for having me, guys. It's awesome. been great. As Absolutely. always, CP. Patrick. You have a good day, buddy.